Welcome to the Homeschool High School Podcast, brought to you by SevenSistersHomeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. And I'm Vicki, and I'm here today with Kim and Marilyn. So our friend Sabrina is off on vacation. She's Uh allowed to do that, but we miss her when she's not here. We sure do. So we're sitting in my office where I work as a counselor, so I think we have a little bit more echo than usual, but we don't have any like buffer so much to we didn't hang blankets all over the walls yeah, like we do at sabrina's Sabrina. and throw pillows around and you should see her office in our glamorous studio someday we'll have to post a picture of it like we have blankets hanging <laughs> on the, the walls yeah the screens yeah cardboard boxes oh, with yeah. pillows in them. Yeah. so we've oh. got a little more echo our our editor Seth will have to uh, hopefully get some of it out so Uh you know one of the things we value is service Mm -hmm. of course as Christians we want to teach our our children to serve and we live lives of service and so we have a service that just walked in the door with Kim today (laughs) and he has four paws (laughs) so and and he contributed he likes tea and yes, he, likes he does. To, yes. He contributed quite a lot to our last episode. He did. He kind of did it backwards. We should have had him contribute more to this episode. And now he's asleep. <laughs> so maybe we'll have Seth uh, yeah, rearrange <laughs> at least the order. But anyway. <laughs> All right. So we're talking about seeing eye dogs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for homeschoolers who are dog kind of people mm-hmm. and service kind of people, um, seeing eye organization is a really good we're not affiliates either. It's we just a really good opportunity. So, yeah. So, Kim. Yes. Tell us why you have McFall here today. Well, I kind of love dogs a lot, and a lot of kind us of. do. Yeah, kind of. Um, so, uh, so anyway, today our family does basically what you might call respite care for people who are raising seeing eye puppies, and so the seeing eye is the oldest guide dog school in the country. Um, and I, I think the finest. Uh, I'm not. I'm not an affiliate. We're not an affiliate. Um, but I have a. I have a good friend whose father has had ten guide dogs over the course of his life, and he has gone to college, law school. He's been a judge. He's traveled all around the world. Um, he has a family, five kids, and he basically said he could not envision having done any of that without the confidence that he got from a dog. So when I. When I do what I'm doing, I, I, it's a very passionate kind of experience for me, and I have not super direct experience, but close enough that I can really uh, relate to and see what it does in so the long run. your direct experience wasn't that anybody in your family needed a seeing-eye dog. You guys just got involved, so tell us how that came about. Yeah, actually, I'm trying to think back. It's It's been so long. Wasn't it the twins? Yeah, I think we must have met someone somewhere at some event, and our youngest, who are now 20, um, when they were 8, 10 years old, one of them was absolutely going to be a zookeeper um, and loved every kind of animal under the sun. I mean, they, they, our whole family really loves animals and loves dogs. And we've had dogs, you know, ever since before we've had children. And so the youngest two particularly, and our oldest, were pretty interested once they learned that this opportunity existed in doing this. And so we just got involved. We started attending meetings in our local community. Um, and that's part of the requirement. There are lots of other organizations, but Seeing Eyes requirement 
they have local clubs and you come and you just attend some meetings so you kind of find out what you're getting into they can get to know you you get to know them and at the very first meeting i loved this as a homeschool mom the very first meeting i think maybe my kids were eight years old and somebody took the leash of this german shepherd that i think was bigger than my kid and put it in my kids hands and said here do you want to do you want to help me train the dog and immediately the kids were involved. And in our particular club, the kids were even also involved as officers of the club. It was uh, originally, I think, a part of 4-H. Um, and so there was uh, a strong, down in there. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. so a strong uh, sense of working with the kids and that the kids are an important part of the program. Yeah. So your, your kids, and I don't remember your first seeing eye dog, but I remember those dogs being pervasive so every youth group activity or just just they were they were just there and uh and your husband is often there at things so yes i can remember our kids at one of our the homeschool youth groups they had a a, i don't remember every year they a costume party and so my son and one of his friends dressed up as your husband and the seeing eye dog and that is still i have that picture in my phone it's one of my favorite costumes yeah. ever yes both the dog and my husband are rather distinctive so it was kind of yeah they even borrowed my hubby's clothes and some of the dog's paraphernalia it was absolute riot but um, then so it, it yeah. showed that that your family's value of serving the community by training a seeing eye dog because y'all weren't keeping that dog you oh, were no. training the dog mm-hmm that became a value of the community just by the presence it, it was very much a community effort with both of the dogs so i mentioned right now we're doing sort of respite care so we have the blessing of having mcfall with us for two weeks um but as a family when we did this um full time um, we got a puppy when it was seven weeks old and you have lots of jobs but the two primary jobs are to socialize the puppy as much as possible and to do very basic obedience. And there's lots of support. I mentioned these monthly meetings. So we would go to a meeting of the club every month and they would do a training circle. So they're sort of training all the dogs together as well as teaching you how to train your dog and working with one another. And then we also had outings and events. And those events I found were much more appropriate for somebody who maybe had a way different lifestyle from us who maybe had a full-time job and they maybe were taking their dog to work or maybe not and otherwise were maybe just home in the evenings but being homeschoolers we were on the run all the time and so um, William and Magar we had William was a German Shepherd and then we had Magar who was a black lab Uh, they came to choir rehearsals all the time I think they came to school on a couple very uh, rare special occasions they did they came to our youth group events they went to hockey games. They were just everywhere because we were on the go a lot and did a lot. Um, so they were well socialized. Very well socialized, yes. That was, that was the easy part for us. How, how hard was it to train them? I mean, you had to do some training so they mm-hmm. knew whether the, the dogs could handle being a CNI dog. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the nice part is um, with CNI, the only expectations for us are basic obedience. So sit. Uh, down, stay, rest, those Doesn't kinds teach, of things. Doesn't teach don't drink the tea. N- 
No, that was that. But you was, haven't gotten to that. That right? was yeah. That was my bad. Yeah, yeah. Nor, <laughs> normally we would have him right by my side on his leash, but his leash makes a lot of noise, and I'm more quiet, so I'm closer to the mic in the middle. So yeah, he was very um, neighborly drinking the tea. There was yes. nothing aggressive at all about that. Not at all. He he does. Yeah, I gave him a drink even before we came in, but he just wanted to share a spot of tea with Marilyn. So. Yeah, he is a very neighborly dog. He's very social, very social. Yes. Sweetie pie. Yeah, yes. yeah. And so typically we would have a dog for about a year and a half, sometimes a little less, a little more. So it, it's, it was a very challenging thing to let go of the dog at yeah. the end. Because after that year and a half, what happens with the dog? Well, then the dog goes back up to Seeing Eye, um, which uh, is located in uh, northern Jersey in Morristown, M-O-R-R-I-S, not Morristown. Uh, (laughs) um, And there they go through more extensive training um, and a very thorough physical workup and everything. Um, And then they work with specific trainers there learning the specific guide dog skills. And then they have um, uh, potential owners come in, they have classes that last four weeks long all year round, um, and then they get paired with someone and then they work together with their owner at the school for a four week period before they leave. And one of the really cool things for me about the seeing eye is these dogs, it may be even more now, but I know they cost at least $50,000 to breed them, raise them, all their medical care, all their, you know, all the expenses. That's an investment. Because that wasn't coming out of you, right? Right. And that was the blessing, too. We didn't have a lot, not that we do now either, but we had even less disposable income then. Um, They gave us a stipend for the food, and our local veterinarian was very generous, thank you, Caroline, um, and provided his veterinary care and, um, and if there was anything that was more than what she was willing to do, she could build the seeing eye. So we didn't need to lay out a lot of money. Um, and some families who were in the position too, and when we were, um, we would then just you know return our check for the food. And that uh-huh. was a, our financial contribution. So we would occasionally buy toys or if someone happened to chew his collar in the middle of the night, not like McFall did a few nights ago, um, we would replace those things. But for the most part, Seeing Eye provided all of that. And as Seeing Eye's commitment to the owners, they only charge $150 for that dog. So the person, the person who, who receives, receives the dog, the dog pays $150, $150 for a $50,000 dog. Because wow. the community feels like it's that important. Yeah. Um, and the raisers volunteer their time and people donate money. And it's just such an incredible organization. If you want to do some interesting um, social studies or an elective or just a unit study with your family, look up theseeingeye.org. And it is just an amazing history. It's an amazing organization. You can do field trips there if you're in that area or feel like doing a um, taking a little hike, uh, but it's a wonderful organization. So it's called the Seeing Eye Dog, or your your tag says you're a Seeing Eye Puppy Raiser. Mm-hmm. Is that the only thing the dogs do? Are they all trained to lead people who are blind? Oh, great question. Well, there's kind of two parts to that answer. If for some reason one of these dogs goes back to the Seeing Eye and in their training, they just don't appear to be a good fit. Um, and they're very stringent. They don't just kind of shuffle them through because they've already put a lot of money into them. It's very important that they are very well able to be a guide to their new owner. Um, 
So if they don't succeed or pass with seeing eye, which unfortunately neither of our dogs did. <laughs> what um, is the percentage? The, I believe it's around 50%. So, right. it's, so, it's, so there's a lot invested in these dogs and only about half of them make it. Absolutely. So if the dog doesn't make it as a seeing eye dog, um, as a raiser, you have the option to say that you'll take it back. And I think there's just a nominal adoption fee. Um, you do not have to pay the the fifty thousand dollars back. <laughs> um, that would not be nominal. <laughs> yes, really. Um, but there's also an option for them to go on and they do what they call career change, and they have some of them go on to be bomb sniffing dogs. They um, are chemical accelerants, so like in um, fire investigations, they can detect pieces of cell phones in prisons because prisons are. Uh, Cell phones are illegal in prisons, um, and they they can actually smell the components, and people try to smuggle in cell phones a piece at a time, and the dogs can find them. Um, a seeing eye, um, quote unquote, reject was credited, I don't know if this is still current, but was credited for the largest marijuana drug bust in the entire state of New Jersey. So they, <laughs> they can become drug sniffing dogs. Um, and they can become police dogs or military dogs. Um, and if none of those things work out, then they are offered for adoption to families. So also, if you're looking for an incredibly well-bred, well-trained dog, uh, there's a long waiting list and there is an adoption fee, but you can also find that on theseeingeye.org. Um, and then there are lots of other organizations like Seeing Eye, some of which just train for uh, being a blind uh, guide dog. Uh, but there are others, all kinds of other things. There are seizure alert dogs. There are uh, dogs that do wonderful work, um, especially with our military veterans for PTSD. PTSD. My uh, daughter used to foster dogs mm-hmm. for the Wounded Warrior Program. Oh, yeah. That's a great program. Yeah. And I do have a friend who um, has cerebral palsy and is in a wheelchair, and she has a service dog. Yeah. And that's more like... Um, going and getting things for her and things like that. Yeah. So oh, yeah. there and are uh, dogs trained to do other things besides be guide dogs. Just, yeah, just be the eyes of a, of a blind person. Yeah, there, there are guide dogs that do stuff for people that are here, that have uh, hearing loss. You know, they can't hear the doorbell, they can't hear the phone. They'll go get the phone and bring the phone to the person or whatever. Um, so there's so there are so many opportunities to take the love of critters mm-hmm. and to help your family develop a service mindedness about that if that's their calling. Absolutely. And the time and energy that you invest, it, it is one of those true things where even if your dog doesn't pass and doesn't make it, it's still one of those things where you know that what you have put into it is nothing compared to what you have gotten out of it and that that experience changes you forever. And whether they're an official seeing eye as a profession, they're blessing a family somewhere. Somewhere, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah. So if you have any questions, feel free to email me, kim at sevensistershomeschool.com. That's our plug for the day. So there you go. If you can, please visit us at the Homeschool High School podcast Facebook page. Yes. Or sevensistershomeschool.com Facebook page. If you got a minute, hop over to iTunes and leave us some stars and a review. Just takes a second, even if it's kind of clunky. 
And uh, that helps uh, iTunes to show other people um, the Homeschool High School podcast. So mm-hmm. thank you for joining us. Yeah, I hope this was fun and interesting for you. Yeah, this, so this has been the Homeschool High School podcast brought to you by SevenSistersHomeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. See you next time.